Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Genesis chapter 2, my soul loves Jesus, my soul loves Jesus, my soul loves Jesus, bless his name. My soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. Bless. His name. He's a wonder, yeah, in my, my soul, he is. All right, two, Genesis chapter two. He's a wonder, he's a wonder. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Jesus, Jesus. It makes no sense to come into the presence of God without being in the presence of God. <laughs> I don't ever want to come to church and not meet Jesus. Say amen, Thank somebody. You. Say amen. 
somebody. I don't ever want to be in church and just be in a building. If I'm not here to meet with the king, I don't want to be here. I'd rather watch football. Thank you. Uh, yeah. My God, my God, my God. Genesis chapter 2. We respect your presence, God. We respect your presence. 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 Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Somebody say finished. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work, all that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. There's a topic for this morning. The topic is rest. Rest. Y'all ought to know by now I ain't fancy. I'm not fancy. Just rest. Rest. Look at somebody, please, and just say rest. Just rest. Before there was a day, y'all remember, we've walked through this book of Genesis, this first chapter of the book of Genesis for a little while now. Actually, since I started, we've been walking through this first chapter of the book of Genesis. That's all we've been doing. First chapter of the book of Genesis, and we finally made it to chapter number two. (laughs) We finally made it to chapter number two. We're going to be here for a couple weeks, though, so don't don't rush me. Don't rush me. (laughs) Don't rush me. I could have stayed on that sixth day for like two, three more weeks because we didn't cover everything. Right, Bible study? We didn't cover everything, and I'm going to say it. I said I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Y'all need to be at Bible study. Amen. Y'all need, to, <laughs> y'all need to be at Bible study. Amen. The opportunity that we have to just have good conversation and to connect around the Word of God in a way that allows all of us to make um, impact on everybody else's faith, for us to learn together and ask questions and understand together. And simply just be in each other's presence and in the presence of God as we wrestle with scripture. God is not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your concerns. He's not afraid of your inappropriate theology. He's not afraid of the way that you see him and it's wrong. It's invalid. He's not afraid of any of that. And we come together in Bible study to look at the word and to understand what it looks like to actually not just read the word or hear the word, but live the word. But live the word. Live it. Live it. To understand it so we can live it. And there's opportunity. This past week we had opportunity to understand what really took Samson's strength. I'm not here to talk about that. But this, uh, this week we had an opportunity to talk about where Samson's strength actually lied. And y'all, some of y'all might have it wrong. Some of y'all might have it wrong. Some of y'all might hurt, might have heard something, and you just run it with what you know, not with what the scripture says. And then you're gonna get out in these streets, and somebody's gonna clown you because you've heard the word, but you've not read the word. 
You've not ingested the word, and you're just saying what somebody else said to you about the word. We got to do better. Genesis chapter 2. My Lord. So, Genesis 1 is where we've been. And in that chapter, we realize on the first day, before there actually was a day, Holy Spirit did what? Hovered. I'm liking this. This is a good church. (laughs) Holy Spirit hovered. Before there was a day, the Holy Spirit hovered over what? The face of the deep. In chaos, God was still there. And on day number two, there was an expanse, and God created division, but he didn't bless it. (laughs) I like y'all. God created division. He allowed. He knew that there would be separation, so he made room for separation to occur, but he didn't bless it. He didn't bless the separation or division that he created. Then he created dry land and plants, and he allowed for the water to flow from the altar and where the altar, the water had to have boundaries and God taught us how to have boundaries in our lives. And then on the fourth day, God created the sun, moon, and stars, but he created light on the first day. Huh. But he created the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth day. So that light that he created on the first day was truth. And the lights that he created that we enjoy on the fourth day was time. The light that he created on the first day was truth. And the lights that he created on the fourth day, which we enjoy, was time. Time to govern our lives. Time to understand what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it, and how we're supposed to do it. On the fifth day, God created life. And he taught us that we produce after our own kind. He blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply. And he told them to reproduce after their own kind. So check your heart and understand what you're reproducing every single day. You will produce bitterness if you're a bitter person. You'll produce strife if you're a strifeful person. You'll produce love if you're a loving person. You'll produce peace if you're a peaceful person. And then on the sixth day, he made the animals and everything on dry land. He made man and he made woman. Pronouns matter, saints. He blessed us and he gave us dominion. The sixth day was a very long day. And we didn't even cover everything that God did on that sixth day. But we're going to run on and get to the seventh day. On this seventh day, we read in scripture in chapter number two, verses one through three, that God stopped working on the seventh day. He reviewed what the work that he did, all the work that had been completed, and then he rested. The Bible says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. I'm going somewhere. Y'all stay with me, please. On the seventh day, from all the work that he had done, so God blessed the seventh day. He blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. There's a word that we're introduced to in scripture. When we get to this day, when we get to this concept, there's a, there's a word that we're typically introduced to um, in scripture that we find in the Psalms. It's a psalmic verse. It's a musical term that the psalmists, when they wrote their, their songs, they wrote 
And that word is selah. Selah. That word, it's rest. Selah. It's just rest. We go to the Psalms when we think about rest. And some of y'all sleeping right now, getting all the rest you need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We go to the Psalms and <laughs> we get all the rest that we need. We get to, we get to the word and we, we see in the word, we see Selah. <laughs> Hush, David. Some of y'all, this is the only place you get peace. So y'all get your nap. Go and get it. <laughs> it's the only place you get peace in the presence of the king. So I ain't mad at you. <laughs> there are days where y'all just need to come take the mic. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> come snatch it. There's this word in the Psalms that we see. It's called Selah, and I had to look at this word because the Lord told me to go to Psalm chapter, um, the the third division of the Book of Psalms. We'll get there in a minute, but I had to look up what this word actually means. God decided to rest, and He gets to this place where He says, "I'm going to bless this day." I've done all the work I'm supposed to do, and now I'm going to rest. So I had to look at this term. I had to look it up. And this term, y'all know, it's a musical term that is defined as a Hebrew word that has been found at the ending of verses in Psalms, and it has been interpreted as an instruction calling for a break in the singing of music. Y'all got that one? So we're singing a song. And it's real good. And then everything stops. It's like a pregnant pause. And I feel like that's what God did for us in this pandemic. We were <laughs> it's time to work. We were living our lives and we were doing all the things that we were supposed to do. And we were running real fast and we were getting a lot done. We were working, 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 working. And God said, Selah. 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 God said, Selah, rest, stop, stop right now, stop. You're going to work yourself into an early grave, stop. And he calls everybody to stop. And he calls all of us to rest for 18 months. And I will offer, don't get mad if we have to rest again. Don't get mad if we have to rest again. Why would we have to rest again? Because some of us didn't learn the lesson the first time. Some of us didn't get our blessing the first time. Some of us didn't go get vaccinated the first time. So we've got to go back. God is calling us back to this place of you're trying to run and run and run and run and run again. You're trying to get back to the pace that you were at before the pandemic. And God is like, no, Selah, rest, stop, pause. What you think is important as life is actually not that important. Stop doing it now. But. What I also read when I was looking for the definition of this word, it shocked me. It also means forever. Stop! Stop! This word selah doesn't just mean rest. It means forever. We were able to go to this thing called the Global Leadership Summit. Some of us were blessed. 
to go to this thing called the Global Leadership Summit. And there was a gentleman by the name of Pastor Albert Tate. I don't know if you've heard of him, but I heard of him on that Global Leadership Summit. When I heard that man preach, Lord Jesus, he's a preacher. Go on and Google him. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed. You go on and Google him and listen to all of his messages. You hear me? But this gentleman, he communicated about the pandemic. He said, now listen, I'm talking about forever. Selah means rest, and Selah means forever. And he was having a conversation with one of his friends, and he said, his friend said, what if the pandemic was the lesson? And what we're going into now is the test. I'm going to do it again. What if the pandemic was the lesson? And what we're walking into now is the test. We learned how to rest over here. We learned how to walk into what God thought was important over here. We learned how to reorder our lives and reorganize our lives in the way that God structured and designed for our lives to be ordered and organized in the pandemic. But now the world is opening back up. And now we're able to do what we want to do again. And now we're able to find what we want to find and live how we want to live and go where we want to go. What if the lesson was the Selah and God means to, hallelujah, God means to carry that rest forever. He means for us to live like this forever. You are carrying to much. The Bible says that Jesus, Jesus literally said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But it's heavy on your back right now. And that's because you picked up some things that God didn't call you to pick up. Maybe God wasn't telling us to rest Maybe God was just trying to help us understand that the work that we do, the rest that we get, the dreams that we dream, the ideas that we have to submit to God's care, we have an opportunity. All of those things have an opportunity to last forever. God rested because he knew that the work that he did on days one, two, three, four, five, and six would last forever. He didn't have to do anything else because the work was so good that it would last. My God, y'all not hearing me. It would last forever. He didn't have to rework anything because what he did in his rest, he rested and enjoyed the work because he knew that that work would last forever. The pandemic has changed everything for us. Life will never be the same again. We shop differently now, saints. We go to Amazon. We got to see Amazon trucks every day in my neighborhood. Order our food from Grubhub instead of going to our favorite stores. Some of us get, get our groceries from Instacart. You got your groceries delivered right to your door. Because you don't, life is different. We celebrate differently. Graduations, you see yard signs in people's yards. Birthdays, you got balloons outside. Weddings and funerals are different. We celebrate virtually lives and different milestones in lives. We celebrate them differently. Some people would have loved to have a list of 250 people at their wedding, and they only could have 40 because we had to learn how to celebrate different. Life will never be the same again. Additionally, work will never be the same again. Some of us have an opportunity to work from home for the rest of our lives now. 
when just 10 years ago, people were saying that that was anathema. It was inappropriate for people to work from home because they needed control. They didn't trust. And now y'all working from home all day long for the rest of your lives. We have Zoomed ourselves silly, saints. I'm tired of looking at these, these screens on, the, on, the, on the, this, the squares on the screen like I've been playing. What's that game that was? <laughs> Hollywood Squares. <laughs> Y'all remember, I'm telling my age now. <laughs> we out here looking like Hollywood Squares. I'm, ti- I'm tired of Zoom meetings. I'm, I'm just tired. But that's what we do. That's how we get together now. And in all honesty, I don't, I don't really mind it because then I, you can put your shirt on and still have your shorts on. Don't ask me to stand up in none of these. (laughs) Work will never be the same as that. And we have remained, some of us have remained the essential ones to our country and our culture. Yeah, some of us, even though there are many of us who are able to work at home and do work from a distance, some of us, we still have to realize that we're the ones that are in danger every day in this country. We still have to wrestle with the fact that our profession puts us, our lives at risk, puts our families at risk, and it keeps us from feeling like we're valued and appreciated because it seems as though we're the modern-day slaves to keeping the house <laughs> when everybody else is up inside the house. Am I doing too much for y'all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Church will never be the same again. Church will never be the same again. We fellowship differently. We have torn down the walls of the church, and we have had to reimagine our engagement with what I'm calling spiritual activity, not spiritual disciplines, but spiritual activity, these activities of worship and prayer and praise and preaching, salvation, baptism, and sacrecy. The things that we have called important are being redefined, saints. And realize what I said. They are not being removed The things that we call important are not being removed. They're just being redefined. Worship is no longer public, but it's private. Go with me. Your worship is no longer public, but it's private. It's just you and your God worshiping wherever you are. Because now you have to know that you have a connection with the king that doesn't just last on Sunday morning. Prayer times are private or by phone. You can't get together. And some of y'all are even upset when I ask you to grab hands in service. Because you think I'm not respectful of the pandemic. I am very respectful of the pandemic. But I also realize that that connection that you have with others is also a connection that you need to ensure that you know that you're never alone. No, never alone. Praise is given by you to the one that created you. It doesn't take an organ anymore, but sometimes it's a blessing. It doesn't take somebody else to pump you or prime you to praise God. You just have to think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, and then your soul all by itself can cry out. I'm preaching right now. Hallelujah. You by yourself can thank God for saving you. Praise is different. Preaching has gone from a required rousing of a crowd to a requirement to proclaim truth with boldness. There. Hmm. <laughs> Some of these preachers who have been able to play on your emotions for far too long have had to fall to the ground and die. You don't see them. You don't see them on the TV anymore. 
because there was no substance to what they were saying. They were just rousing crowds. They were not communicating gospel truth. And all of us have had to dig deeper to understand what God was saying to you so that we could communicate truth with boldness. Preaching is different. Salvation is different. The private proclamation of a life changed by Christ. It's not always celebrated. Did y'all know we had four young people accept the Lord just a few weeks back? That is so weak. That is so weak. That is so weak. Did y'all know that four people from this church, young people, young people, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior just a few weeks back? They've been coming to church all their lives, but in a moment of decision when it was made available to them in a quiet place, In a quiet place, they had an opportunity to say, I'm churchy, but I'm not saved. My God, I go to church, but I'm not saved. There's nothing different about me. I just know where to go on Sunday. But they decided on that day that they would make Jesus their choice. Did y'all know that? That's the point. Not everybody did. If it were on a regular Sunday morning, they'd have walked down the aisle. We'd have celebrated them. The pool would have been full. But don't nobody want to be in no COVID-filled pool right now. It's a little different, y'all. But that doesn't mean God's not working. Ah! That doesn't mean God's not still saving. It doesn't mean God's not still doing what only God can do. And baptism has been on hold because of this water. I already got there. The sacred is still sacred, but celebration is happening in solitude. Celebration is happening in solitude. And now you get to choose every single day if you will worship, if you won't. And nobody can judge you. (laughs) You get to choose every single day. If you'll wake up and lift your hands, or if you'll wake up and pick up your phone, and nobody can judge you, you get to choose if you will allow for yourself in your home to take communion with us, and nobody can judge you. You get to realize that you are actually a priest in your own home, and you yourself can break the bread, and you yourself can pour the cup. Did you hear me? You yourself, you don't have to wait on nobody who's ordained. You yourself. You can do it. You can't wait on somebody else to come by because you don't know what's in their body. You can do it. You can worship. You can love God all by yourself. He's called you to that. He's created you for that. And as you walk into your destiny, he's done it in rest so that it can last forever. (laughs) Some of y'all are mad because you don't get a little communion cup here on Sunday morning. You're mad because we're not delivering them to you or you can't come by and drop by and pick one up. 
He's changed the game forever. He's changed the way we worship forever. And it's incumbent upon you to make sure that your soul and your Savior are in right relationship. If we try to, God, I thank you. If we try to go back to what God has changed forever, we will only have, all we will have done is miss the moment. We will have failed the test. We will return to the demands and the distractions of being busy that we were so dependent on and familiar with instead of leaning into the life of faith that God has called us to. We will be going back to familiar spirits. I'll talk about it. <laughs> we will be going back to familiar spirits. We'll be going back to things that we were taught but are not in Scripture. Going back to devils that we wrestle with but God has freed us from. Going back to places that he's called us out of but we are comfortable in. We will be going back to what God has called us out of only because we're comfortable. God said, I asked you to rest from all of that foolishness, anxiety, and misaligned spiritual appropriation. But I'm not asking you to rest for a season. I'm asking you to rest from it forever. <laughs> forever. In Psalm chapter 3, or I'm sorry, the third division of the book of Psalm, God told me as I was studying to go to the first place that I saw Selah. Y'all remember the law first mentioned? Law first mentioned a place where it happens the first time is pretty important. The first place, hallelujah, that I see the state, this word, Selah, this rest happening in the Psalms is in the third division of the book of Psalms. And as I read, I'm like, huh, that's pretty interesting to me. I hear the Lord say in verses um, 1 and 2, it says, the Lord, you are... How have they increased who trouble me? Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say to me, there is no, God, no help for him in God. And then there's rest. Lord, how many are my foes? Many people are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, that you're not going to save me. And then he rests. He stops talking. Because we have to learn to rest in the fact that the struggle that we fight will never end. The struggle that we fight, the fights that we fight, the foes that we have, the people that come against us, they're never going to stop. They're never going to stop. You're never going to get total victory. Why? Because God wants you to be consistently dependent. And he wants you to rest in that forever. He wants you to know that even when you're in trouble, he will hold you forever. They're going to talk about you forever. <laughs> They're going to misunderstand you forever. 
And I can rest in knowing that because I know that they may say that there is no God to save me, but I know you're right here. Jehovah Shammah is present with me forever. I will rest in knowing that the struggle will never end. But then the Bible goes on to say in verse number three, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. I'm almost done. You are my glory, hallelujah, and you are the lifter of my head. There's a second one. It says, I will rest in knowing that God is my shield, God is my glory, and God is my encourager, even though they'll never stop talking about me. I know that you are my shield, my protection. When I walk outside, knowing that my enemies are waiting for me, as soon as I walk out that door, or as soon as I log on to that Zoom meeting, I know that they're waiting for me. But you are before me, and you go behind me. You are my shield forever. I will rest in knowing that you're my shield and I will also rest in knowing that you're my glory because where the steps of this good man are ordered by the Lord. So wherever you send me to go, I'm going to rest in the fact that you've sent me there and you will protect me. You will keep me. You will hold me and you will hide me. Verse number four says, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill, and there's a rest there. <laughs> it says, I will also rest in knowing that God hears me when I pray. Uh, some of y'all aren't praying, <laughs> but some of y'all have cried unto the Lord over these last few weeks. You have cried, I mean cried, I feel it, I feel it. You have cried out to God over these last few weeks, few months, and few years to the point where your soul is in agony, but I dare you to declare with the lifting of your hands that God is your rest forever. Say, God is my rest forever. God is my rest forever. He is the source of your strength and the strength of your life, your portion forever. He is there with you forever. He will hold you and keep you Forever. It doesn't matter what enemy comes your way. It doesn't matter who comes against you, who communicates inappropriately about you. He is your strength forever. And lastly, we need to rest in knowing that as we sleep at night, we're covered. We're covered. Somebody say covered. We're covered. I got this habit where I get in the bed and I pull the covers up. I don't care how hot it is. I pull them up over my ear because I need to know that I'm covered. So I need to be able to wrap up because I need to know that I'm covered. I need to know that even if I put my foot out, my toes need to cool off a little bit. I can still... I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. And some of us have been crying for so long. We've been praying for so long. So long to the point where you don't think that God hears you when you pray. But if the word of God communicates that you can hold on and wrap up in him because, I, uh, whoo, Jesus, because you're covered. You're covered. You're covered in your rest and you're covered forever. Uh, 
You're covered in your rest because he told you that he would hold you in your rest. I lay down and sleep and I wake up again. That's a good place to praise him just right there. I lay down to sleep and my bed did not become my cooling board. I lay down to sleep and I wake up again. That's a good place. He woke me up this morning. Started me on my way. Put food on my table. Oh, Jesus. He gave me strength in my body. My blood is running warm. Holy God, I bless you in my veins. You've given me the articulation of my speech. We bless you. The activity of my limbs, and I'm in my right mind. You woke me up. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I lay down to sleep, and I get up again. That's enough for me to pray. And for the Lord sustains me, I will not be afraid of the many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O oh Lord. Come on, church. Call on your God. He will hear you. He will answer you. I dare you to stand on your feet in this moment, my Lord. I dare you. And just holler with a loud voice. Arise, O oh God. Oh, Jesus. Arise, oh God. Take your place in our lives. Take your place of worship in our lives. You've given us rest, and we want you here forever. Arise. Oh, my God. Arise, oh God. For you strike down my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord, and you are blessed you bless your people, and we can rest in that. As we sleep, we're covered. We know that he hears us when we pray. We know that God is our shield. He's our glory. He's our encourager. And we know that the struggle will never end. Saints, I just have one challenge. Just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. Don't let this place of rest end. Don't let this place of rest, God-ordained rest, don't let it end. Allow this Selah to be rest. Forever. Allow the changes that God has called you into to last forever. Don't get mad at me when we don't go back to three services. Because God has changed some things. Forever. 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 Don't get mad when you don't get what you want and trustee Monique has to say no. Because some things have been changed in our budgets. Forever. 
Don't get mad when you try to go back to your boo that used to be your boo that never really was your boo. And they're not trying to hear you. Because God, you called, God called you away from them in the pandemic. But he broke that soul tie forever. And now it's time for you to lean into and live into your forever. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Some of y'all can't lean into your forever because you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you don't know what forever looks like. You're afraid of your forever. You're afraid of your forever. Ask me how I know because I've been there. You're afraid of your forever. You don't know how not to trust anyone but you. You don't know how to put your hand in the life of a God that you have never seen. You, haven't, you have no idea. You're, you're afraid. You're afraid, and it's okay. You're afraid, but I challenge you that just like you've never lived through a pandemic and you're still here today, you can trust Jesus. You can trust him. You can trust him. Just like you've never done that, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you can trust the Lord. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. And some of us are witnesses of the fact that he's trustworthy. That's a great place to praise him. Some of us are witnesses of the fact that we weren't trusting either. But he removed every doubt and he calmed every one of our fears. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because you got trust issues, it's cool. It's cool. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior for whatever reason, it may be a trust-based decision that you can't make. It may be that you've never really known that it was, it was this Lord that you needed to attribute your waking up to. You thought it was Allah. You thought it was Buddha. You thought it was whoever you thought it was. You thought it was the alarm clock. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Now is your time and today is your day to just simply say, Lord, I acknowledge you. And I accept you as my Savior. The doors of the church are open doors of the church are open. You need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior for the first time, for the first time in a long time. Come now. Come now. Come now. Even in our virtual campus, if you need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never accepted Christ before, just type in a thumbs up or it's me. Just say it's me. It's me. We'll find you. We'll see you. If you are one who you know you're not living the life that God called you to live, you know it. You know it. You know you're saved, but you're, you've walked away from the Lord, and you need to come back home. You need to be reclaimed in your faith. Rededicate your life to Christ. Come now. Come now. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Come now. Come now. And if there's anyone in this room that needs a church home, Church of the Redeemer Baptist is a great place to call home. Come now. If you need to be saved, if you need to re rededicate your life, or if you need a church home, come now. The altar is open. The doors of the church are open. It looks like everybody here is where they need to be with God. Amen? How about on our virtual campus? Did you see any thumbs up or any it's me's? Anybody see any it's me's? Well, praise the Lord. Don't let this moment that God's brought us into, this moment of rest, don't let it end. Lean into your ability to allow God to help you let it last forever. Let's receive Minister Lingham as he comes.
Praise the Lord. Thank God for that rest. That rest that is forever. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this worship experience. We thank you, God, that you thought it not robbery to let your spirit come dwell amongst us. Thank you, God, for that substantive word today. God, we thank you for being the God that knows what we need when we need it. Lord, though we are getting ready to leave this place, we'll never leave your presence. Thank you for being that type of God that has already gone into Monday. And because you have already gone into Monday, that we can continue to rest forever as we go into Monday. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you will do. And God, in your word, you said, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing, the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be the glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Let the church say amen. amen. God bless you. Enjoy your day and continue to rest forever. Take me.